0: Hello and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Tammy Amit. Tammy has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a psychotherapist, as a hypnotherapist as an EMDR therapist, and a trauma therapist, and a mindfulness-based therapist, all at her company, Therapy Beyond the Couch. So Tammy, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: Cool. Thanks, Tammy. You're so welcome. And Tammy, can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here?
1: Sure. So um, I grew up in Israel, Um, so I spent most of my childhood there, Uh, and then when I was just about between 13 and 14, um, we moved, my family and I moved to Canada. And so that really, you know, I went from um, this very kind of cohesive, uh, small community, very tight with, you know, surrounded with grandparents and cousins and all of that, and uh, moved to you know a foreign place, which was completely different than what I knew. I mean, the, the climate, the 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 culture, the language. Um, there was just so much that was different and unknown. And so that I think really was my first trauma that uh, that really, really kind of started me on this this path of observation, this path of like. You know, figuring out what is going on in my mind, um, you know, and what and, and noticing and, and I think that the two the two cultures, the interaction of the two cultures really helped me think about how other people's minds work. And so, um, so that was an interesting experience. I've always wanted to be a therapist from the, from, from, you know, the, the, from, I think, when I was five years old, I think for a couple of years, I wanted to be a detective. And then, you know, shortly after that, it was to be a psychologist. And so that's always been my path. So I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I think that during those years of, once we moved to Canada, and, um, you know, it was, you know, there was a lot of, Um, a lot of acting out and I was a teenager you know and there was a lot of difficulty Um, that I can say probably saved me in many ways that focus knowing that I had this um, this path knowing that I had this purpose Um, and then you know and then I graduated and I went into um, into to college and university and studied therapy and and uh, and started worked at a family service agency for, many, for a few years and then started my own practice and i started to and after my master's i realized that th- in terms of my education i realized that that was really just the beginning you know so i finished finished my undergrad finished my my master's and then started seeing clients and realized that even after all these years of 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 studying psychology, I really had no idea what to do with clients. I really had no, no idea of what counseling was. And so that's when I really started to, uh, to collect different tools and different techniques and trainings uh, that I still use today. Yeah, and then so I built my business. You know, this is we're talking like 23 years ago, right? When I started my business, I managed, I um I got married. I had two kids, I got divorced. Um, you know, and really every one of those difficult experiences has been a humongous, um, how should I say, like a humongous uh, growth. You know how like we grow, I, I like to say that we grow in chunks. You know, you see kids and they, they kind of grow up and all of a sudden you look at them and you're like, you know, how, how did you get so big, you know? I think we just grow in chunks. And it's those really difficult times that make us grow in such, um, you know, in such large, uh, such, such profound ways, right? And so certainly each one of my kids was, uh, you know, first becoming a parent, and then five years later becoming a parent again, uh, to, to a daughter is my second one, which is a different experience than being a parent to a, to a son um and then my mom passed away and very suddenly as well and that was a humongous um transformation for me the divorce of course was a big transformation and um yeah and then and and that's led me to today I suppose
0: okay wow what a journey <laughs> <laughs> what a journey. And thank you for sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. And Tammy, diving deeper into kind of day-to-day, how you mind others. As you said, you're a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, EMDR therapist, trauma therapist, yeah. mindfulness-based therapist. Like, you've got such a vast toolkit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, when someone comes to you, look, you know, looking for help or kind of that, you know, like, you know, like feeling a bit stuck, where do you start off with them?
1: Well, I start off with creating connection, first of all. Um, you know, I think that that's really the the undercurrent of therapy. Um, and so, so that's number one. And number two, what I look for always in the back of my mind is the early patterns and the early traumas that are really... Um, that are the ones that are getting activated. So, you know, people come in, let's say with, you know, I have difficulty at work, or I have difficulty in my relationship, or um, I, feel, I feel anxious, or I feel depressed. And so I listen, and in the back of my mind, there's always a part of my mind that's looking for the common thread. What is that core belief that was created, you know, a long time ago in their childhood. These beliefs about themselves, like "I'm not good enough," "I don't have control," um, you know, um, "I can't trust people." Those beliefs. What is that core belief that is um, that is first of all the thread throughout all their difficulties? So it'll show up in everything, in every relationship. And second, that it's getting activated in these particular symptoms that they are presenting, right? So the anxiety is a symptom, the difficulty, you know, in a relationship at work is a symptom, the difficulty in relationship at home, those are all just the symptoms. And so I take the symptoms and I, and I, I kind of take them back and look for the commonality, the common core belief that is getting activated. Because that's where we're going to do most of the work is in those, in those early core beliefs and protective strategies. So essentially what happens is when, we, when we're young, we, you know, we observe the world around us and our, our subconscious mind is always, is always, its number one job is to protect us. So it's always looking for ways to protect us. And um, so we look at, you know, we observe the people around us. And we, um, sorry, one second, we observe the people around us and we create conclusions about ourselves, about our worth. Right. And those are the core beliefs. Right. And so, and around the core beliefs, we create protective strategies. And so those might be, you know, I will stay out of relationships. I will you know, leave one foot out the door all the time, right? Or alternatively, I will make sure that people are around me all the time so that I'm never alone again, right? So we have these beliefs and then we have the protective strategies around them. And the interesting thing is that the protective strategies, their job, their role is to make sure that the core beliefs are not proven as true, right? But what they end up doing is they always reinforce the core belief, right? So if my core belief is that I'm alone in the world, and my protective strategy is that I will never let people into my heart to protect myself from finding out that I'm really alone in the world, what's going to end up happening is that I end up feeling alone in the world. Yeah. Right? So, so that's kind of where, that's sort of the, the arena where we play right, um, where we do our work, is in those early belief systems, in those early protective strategies, in all those patterns and the ways that we protect ourselves. And the cool thing about it is that when we work at that level of the unconscious beliefs, remember we said how the symptoms really show up in life, but they're, they're caused by the root cause, which is the core beliefs and protective strategies. When we work at that deep level then we don't need to go to every symptom and and take care of each symptom. We don't need to go to every relationship and fix that because when we work at the root level, it affects all the symptoms. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's fascinating. And again, like, like I've talked a lot on this podcast about... You know, let's say those patterns and coming from childhood, and I know from my own, you know, mental health uh, work that you know at least 90% of, you know, kind of mental illness comes from childhood trauma, but I mean, do you find, you know, like, a, a resistance with people, because I know from my own journey, and from dealing with, you know, clients, and, you know, people that I work with, like, do, there can be a resistance to looking back, because, yeah. you know, like, there's, people don't want to blame, people don't want to kind of Point the finger almost, even though that's where that's where these seeds are planted. So do you find much of a resistance from people?
1: Well, sometimes there is resistance. And in particular, if there's resistance about um, not wanting to blame the parents, I, I assure them. And you know, and everyone else that we we don't blame the parents. This is not our parents are not bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just traumatized people themselves, right? And these patterns, you know, get passed down not because of meanness um, or badness. It's because we are simply all traumatized, right? And the other piece is that in terms of uh, trauma. So trauma is, a, trauma is what happens inside us in response to, to a difficult experience, in response, in fact, to feeling alone with a big feeling. Mm. And so trauma is not the event itself, right? So, which means that it's subjective, right? So it's not that we are responding necessarily to what's happening, we are responding to our experience of what's happening. Yeah. Right? which is why childhood is such a it's such a time where you know or it's one of the reasons why childhood is is a time where a lot of traumas get created is because is because of of you know the the state of our mind you know we're in a state of hypnosis during childhood in a state of trance right we're absorbing information like sponges right um and and we don't have uh, you know the the critical faculty right Uh, to to kind of sift through that and also we're dependent on our caregivers and so there's 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 um you know the the information that we're going to be interpreting is going to be biased right it's going to be biased to to in order to protect us right yeah so so yeah so there is some some resistance and you know, let's say somebody comes to me, and they, they, you know, they want to do this work, and they have resistance going to their childhood, like they don't want, you know, and that happens, right? You know, some people come in and they're like, I don't want to talk about feelings. I don't want to talk about my childhood. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and we, we do need to do that in order to do this deep work. Yeah. Um, but what I might do is I might put all that stuff aside, at that point, and we will talk about what is what is their concern, right? What is their hesitance? What is that protective part of themselves, right? That is um, that's saying no, that's not safe to do. And so we will we will start there because my guess is that again that would take us to um, you know to an early experience um, and just kind of a general. A pattern of protection that is about um, closing doors, right? And um, so that that would be you know that would be a rich area to to explore in itself, right? The resistance,
0: absolutely. And again, mm-hmm. I suppose you know it's that that resistance and those protective strategies, like they are, you know, like I suppose like they are kind of protective, like you know, it, it is kind of that inbuilt kind of, you know, kind of let's say drive to protect ourselves. So, you know, in a way I think, you know, it's good to almost kind of, you know, let's say, Kind of congratulate your your inner child for coming up with those protective
1: strategies 100% you know
0: even, e- e- even though they're kind of coming in as you said they're causing symptoms now in you know as an adult bush yeah. you know mm-hmm. like really if you kind of pick them apart they're you know it's it's protective and it's 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 the kind of again it's the kind of congratulate your inner child for for being so clever.
1: Absolutely. And, and when we work with those protective strategies uh, themselves, and, you know, we use a lot of, I use a lot of visualization. Um, then we, we have strategy themselves and we let them know that we appreciate how hard they've been working for us. Yeah. So the goal is never to get rid of the protective strategy. The, the protective strategies are not the, the problem. The problem is that, It's the the rigidity of them, right? And so I like to say that, you know, what I help my clients do is get back in the driver's seat. Rather than have the protective strategy in the driver's seat, you get the client or myself when I do my own work uh, on myself to get myself back in the driver's seat so that I can you know, so that I can choose when I want to be more cautious and when I want to be less cautious, when I want to take more risks. Right. Um, So that's that's a that's a big part of the work for sure.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As you said there, that's kind of that's that's in your subconscious. Like that's, you know, those beliefs are in your subconscious. So is that where you bring in hypnotherapy?
1: Well, that's where I bring actually all of the tools that I use. Um, so hypnotherapy is, is is one of the tools that I use, but EMDR as well. We work with the subconscious, yeah. um, you know, IFS, internal family systems, which is a, a wonderful approach. We work with the subconscious. Um, so, you know, as, as you know, as well, you know, we are in hypnosis most of the time, in fact, right? Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is not kind of, you know, I mean, we can have formal hypnosis where we, you know, um, use, you know, the, the tools to get people into a deeper trance. But, but really, when a client comes into my office, they're, they're in hypnosis because hypnosis is really just a state of focus. You know, when we are watching a movie and we get lost in the movie, forgetting that we're, you know, sitting on the couch or in a the theater watching a movie, we're in hypnosis, Right. When we're driving a car and we get to our destination and you know and we're like how i i was not conscious throughout that whole drive that was hypnosis yeah and so hypnosis is kind of one of those yes i use hypnosis as one of the tools but it's also you know it kind of weaves through um light hypnosis let's say weaves through all the work absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. and, and,
0: and again because your, your your toolkit is so varied you know, again, like you're you're able you're you're able to kind of weave together um, a fresh toolkit for each person, aren't you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I use a lot of intuition. That's so you know a, another kind of component of my work is is spirituality, and spirituality is in every session, and it's it's really um, kind of the background of how I work with people so i work you know i use a lot of my intuition so i i you know intuition is a funny thing right intuition you know we think of intuition only as um this this awareness this wisdom that comes from somewhere else and and it is that you know i do sometimes work with you know with my clients guides and my own guides and um but intuition is also really um i i believe intuition is Having done this for so long, there's, you know, I, I kind of, I can sort of see a map of what's going on in the client's unconscious. I can hear little, okay, this is what we need to do now. This is where we need to go. This is the tool we need to use. And so I, you know, I very much listen to that in the session and I kind of go with really wherever feels right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I hear you I hear you yeah. and again and I think a big th- I, 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 and you know we all have intuition I think the secret is to trust your intuition which oh, a lot of yes. a lot of people don't and hands up like I didn't trust my own intuition for a long time and you know I've learned to do that and learned to kind of you know kind of trust the but like that can take some time can't it
1: Absolutely that, and that is I would say the biggest obstacle to to us using our intuition because we all have it, right? Um, and so, and we don't need to have been, you know, doing something for 20 years. There's, you know, we we have those, um, we have the ability to know what's right, you know? We have the ability to listen to our subconscious and know, um, you know, and know what we need to do. But as you said, um, the biggest obstacle is is believing
0: it it's trusting it right yeah because tommy you know speaking of hypnosis you know like there's almost in society there's there's a kind of a mass hypnosis like life has been turned into a monopoly game and we're all on these kind of hamster wheels and you know it's kind of you know school college kids job Retire, die. So again, uh, uh, people's intuitions have been kind of very much dialed down, haven't they?
1: You know, that is such a good point. I completely agree with that, and I think that um, you know all the distractions that we have are um, are really inhibiting us from listening to our intuition. Because when can we hear intuition? It's when we're still. Right, it's when there's no distractions, right? Um, and so I agree with that completely. I think that, uh, you know, with you know with our with our phones, you know, that are attached to us, and you know, I have. I have two kids, and one is a preteen, and one is a teenager, and so. But not even kids, you know. Sort of, we blame the kids, but we're the same. We do the same things, right? Like we're attached to our phones. Yeah. Um, and, and and part of it is because you know there is so many tasks that we do. that, you know they provide um, such service to us, right? And so we need them for so many different things. Um, but I think it, the reliance on that. Um, is one of the biggest things that is it's creating these distractions from ourselves. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. Which is sad, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Tammy moving on from that amazing toolkit that you have and how it helps so many people, um, we, we touched on it briefly earlier on, the completion di- dialogues, if you could tell us a yes. bit more about that.
1: Absolutely. So the, um, so this is a, uh, my approach that I've developed over the years for releasing trauma um, with what I call radical self-acceptance and radical self-acceptance is a um, it's a tool that we use to repair our relationship with ourselves so one of the main things that happens in a trauma you know we talked about the protective strategies one of the deepest protective strategies that we have is uh, is self-abandonment which I call fracturing and so we, you know, when we feel alone with big feelings and, um, and you know, and it's very difficult for, and this happens throughout life, not just as children. And so when we feel alone with big feelings, w- we have two choices. We can, either, we can either disconnect from the person that we're with or the situation that we're with or we can disconnect from ourselves. And a lot of times as children, obviously disconnecting from our parent or a caregiver is dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And even as adults disconnecting, you know, this happens when, you know, let's say you're in a group and somebody, you know, says a racist joke, but you care about these people and you care about what they think about you. And, you know, and so saying something, disconnecting from them in that moment is, is scary for you right? And so often what we do is we disconnect from ourselves and we do it in small ways and we do it in big ways. And it's these disconnections or these fractures that create, you know, these self-abandonments create fractures inside us. And then we end up feeling fake. We end up feeling miserable. We end up feeling without purpose, right? And so that's, I find that that is really what gets left you know, I found I started founding this approach after doing a lot of healing myself and I did a lot of healing with um, with, you know, my my mother wound. So during the immigration, my mom, um, my mom went into depression. She had a very difficult time with it. Mm-hmm. And so for years, you know, I did therapy healing that wound where she wasn't able to be there for me during that time. And. You know, in the book, I describe this experience where I during kind of the last um, stages of my relationship where I was kind of sitting on the floor and I was, you know, in in feeling a lot of dread. and, And this this image of my 14 year old safe, my 14 year old self came up. And and she was really angry. And so, you know, and so I was, you know, I was ready to 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 do some work with her. You know, who are you angry with? Are you angry at mom? Are you angry at dad? Are you angry at husband? You know, um, but she was angry with me. And that was a huge aha moment for me, right? Because that really started the process of realizing that it was my relationship with her at the, you know, the core of what was left, the core of my difficulty in life was my my fractured relationship with her and so I you know so I started to create a system where I could heal and repair my relationship with her and you know that just kind of took off and I created the completion dialogues and so the completion dialogues are so there's four completion dialogues where we, where we, we don't fix, you know, there's no, there's no issue with the actual uh, fractured self, as I call them, right? My 14 year old self. The issue is in the relationship. And so we don't need to fix them. They're not broken. Right? What we do is we help them complete their emotions. And so the completion dialogues are four dialogues and there's two deepener dialogues as well. And those are co-regulation statements that help the fractured self, you know, whether it's the four-year-old self or the 10-year-old self or the 20-year-old self or the 40-year-old self, whoever we're working with, to help them complete their emotions, to help them feel seen, to hold space for them. And most importantly, to help them not have to be alone with these feelings. And the interesting thing is that, you know, I've done a lot of trainings in, in inner child work and I was always trained to, you know, you go and you fix it, you help them, you resource them, you explain things to them, you give them a new perspective. But what I've, what I've realized over the years is that a lot of times when we do it that way, they, they can fight back right like they they don't want to be fixed you know when you try to fix somebody have you ever tried to fix somebody's problem and they're like no no i just want to i just want you to hear me
0: yeah
1: right and so the the completion dialogues are there to to co-regulate to simply hold the space for them and they and and when you do that when you no longer feel alone with big feelings when you feel seen and when you know that the person is there no matter what, and that there's nothing that you can, there's no feeling that you have that can jeopardize your relationship, the emotion completes. And that's really all we need.
0: Wow, I love that. I love that, Sammy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, um, so I've been, you know, I've been writing this book. The book is called Unfractured. Um, becoming whole again with radical self-acceptance. And um, I'm in the last stages of writing it. It's been quite a project. I, I don't think I realized how big a project it is to write a book. You know, I just kind of like, yeah, I'll write a book about this. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> so three years later, uh, it's it's almost complete. And I'm, I'm super excited to get it out there because I really believe that it can help so many people
0: wow when do you think it will be finished the book
1: i'm hoping um in the next couple of months the first draft and then you know a couple of months later all the editing and so you know uh, up this year 2023 um, i'm aiming to get it out there
0: yeah Brilliant. Well done on that. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And again, the amazing toolkit that you have and, you know, that amazing journey that you've been on and just, you know, how how you're helping so many people with that toolkit. And can -hmm. you tell me now how you mind you?
1: How I mind me? So that's a good question. Um, Because, you know, part of the way that I've protected myself In my traumas is that you know, this is what we do we disconnect from our own needs right so that so actually self care for me has been. um, Very much a big part of my healing right remembering that I have a body remembering that my body have has needs remembering that, you know, sometimes, you know, that I need to eat and that I need to go to the bathroom and that I I have, you know, other needs that need to be met. And so that's been kind of a profound experience as well. And so I, you know, I try to to move my body, first of all, is very important for me, right? I I love dancing and, you know, in Vancouver here, we have lots of of hiking trails, you know, so getting out in nature, Um, so moving my body, I also do a lot of, um, not a lot, but I, I do regular uh, sort of like emotional maintenance, you know? Um, you know, I use a lot of EFT tapping to release uh, any kind of energy blocks. Um, if something comes up for me, if I have, you know, a big activation, then I look into that. I look at what's creating that, what's the core belief so that I can release that. So so then I'm not letting... So part of my self-care is not letting it accumulate mm. so much. And of course, it, you know, don't take me wrong. It's not perfect. It does accumulate sometimes. And, you know, I don't do this absolutely regularly. I'm not the most organized person. So, so and maybe this will help some people, you know, I, it, self-care doesn't have to be kind of a regular daily journaling or daily meditation, right? It can be more intuitive. It could be more... Just, you know, noticing that you're not feeling great and then caring and tending to that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I use visualization. I love using visualization for my self-care. Um, I use, um, I love listening to music. Music is very, very powerful for me. Right. um and, and I also I would say part of my self care is to every once in a while, kind of kind of ask myself, how am I doing? How is the balance, right? I recently actually uh, cut back on one one day of clients. So I cut back on some of my client hours. Because as I'm, you know, finishing this book, and I, I realized that it was too much, it was creating a lot of stress for me. And so I so I adjusted my life, you know, I, I I was able to do that, which is wonderful. Not everybody's able to do that. Um, but I was able to do that. And so that has made a big difference. So so those are also self-care, right? Um, those things of, of adjusting, you know, maybe you can't cut back on work, but you can, you know, adjust certain things, maybe let go of certain expectations, you know. Um, that the letting go of it will create more balance and more ease in your life
0: absolutely and i agree with you kind of especially work-wise um you know um i've worked you know for the last 30 years as a nurse and i reduced my hours a few years ago and mm. you know again i know not everyone can can it, can do it but like even just a slight reduction um you should even just lower expectations because you know that whole kind of less is more and I've had an image in my mind the last few years of the tortoise and the hare and a lot of people are again on that hamster wheel you know kind of you know running around like a hare and you know that whole kind of slow down to speed up I think that's that's very powerful isn't it
1: 100 percent. yeah and like and even like slow down to deepen yeah to deepen your commitment to yourself, to deepen the the self-compassion, the self you know, the the right the ah. ease to deepen the ease. Yeah. Slow down to deepen the ease. Love that.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Well, Tammy, wow. Again, thank you so much for just being so kind and being so generous and sharing that with me. Where can people find you?
1: On socials, people can find me on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, and on Facebook. I, I post lots of tools and lots of, um, you know, lots of videos that can be that can be helpful. Little, you know, ninety-second videos. Uh, they can find me on my website always, therapybeyondthecouch.com. And actually, if they want, on my website, I have a um, a free quiz. That helps you um, figure out what your core belief is, and uh, you know we have a few core beliefs. So figuring out one of your big core beliefs, and then you get a there's like a ten page PDF that you get on your your core belief, and and there's a tool on how to uh, to work towards releasing that. So I invite people to go to that. It's totally free. Um, And then I also have, if people are interested, I have a a Dream Healing with Dreams journal where I teach my approach to healing with with dreams. Uh, That's another part of of the work that I do. I love working with dreams. And so you can find that on Amazon.
0: Cool. Perfect. Well, I will put a link to your website onto this podcast and... Um again, like I, I've, I've been on your website and it's full of resources and I, I'd encourage everyone to have a look and to, to do that kind of the, the test that's there on it as well, um, the, the quiz and to come up with your, your own kind of beliefs. And Tammy, again, thank you so much for being so kind and so generous and so honest with me about your own journey and mm-hmm. the amazing toolkit that you have and the amazing work that you're doing and keep up the great work and best of luck with everything that you do in the future.
1: Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. No problem. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Mind You. And I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and mind you at BrianBarronsWellbeing.com